Morning, everyone. How are you? Good to see you this morning. I am um, looking forward to sharing with you this morning. It's, uh, it's been the, the Sermon on the Mount series. I think we're calling it Living in the Presence. Participating in the Presence. Living, participating. Yes, participating in the Presence. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to sharing the message this morning. Um, I was speaking to a, a few of the people as I came in uh, a little bit early before the service started. And um, there's definitely, uh, you know, maybe a few nerves, and the nerves are there is mainly because uh, this is a challenging message. And I get to speak a lot uh, in my workplace and uh, in, in certain other areas that I get to um, speak publicly, and it, the topic is always, you know, quite important. But one of the things we remind ourselves at work is that this is not life and death. No, it's not life and death, not a big deal. But I feel when, you know, we get an opportunity to actually be able to speak um, in front of the church community or, or take the pulpit, uh, this, there is nerves involved because some of this message is going to be life and death for some of us, right? And it's because uh, the Word tells us and, and helps us in order to live and live life to the fullest. And so um, I am looking forward and I, f- I find it a privilege. And uh, this morning we are going to be reading out of Matthew 6, uh, verse 24 to 34. So I might just uh, start with the, with the scripture and then, um, and then we'll pray. So I'm going to read this morning out of uh, a paraphrased version. If anyone knows N.T. Wright, he has uh, the Kingdom New Testament translation. So it's a little bit different. Probably can't find it on your Bible app, but if you look up on the screen, yes, should see it there. Thanks, tech team. That's awesome. All right, here we go. Nobody can serve two masters. Otherwise, they will either hate the first and love the second or be devoted to the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and wealth. So let me tell you, don't worry about your life, what to eat, what to drink. Don't worry about your body, what to wear. There's more to life than food. Just making sure that settles in for everyone, because when I look at my when I look at my Instagram feed, there's uh, sometimes I feel like there isn't much more to life. No, no, but there is more to life than food. There's more to the body than a suit of clothes. Have a look at the birds in the sky. This is always where this this is the part of this scripture that I I, I find interesting. So we'll talk about it a little bit later. But have a good look at the birds in the sky. They don't plant seeds. They don't bring in the harvest. They don't store things in barns. And yet your Father in heaven feeds them. Think about how different you are from them. Can any of you add 15 inches to your height just by worrying about it? And why worry about what to wear? Take a tip from the lilies in the countryside. They don't work. They don't weave. But let me tell you, not even Solomon in all of his finery was dressed as well as one of those. So if God gives that sort of clothing even to the grass in the field, which is here today and on the bonfire tomorrow, isn't he far more likely to clothe you too, you little faith lot? So don't worry about, or don't worry away with your what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear. Those are all the kinds of things the Gentiles fuss about. And your heavenly father knows you need them all. Instead, make your top priority God's kingdom and his way of life, and all these things will be given to you as well. So don't worry about tomorrow. 
Tomorrow can worry about itself. One day's troubles at a time is quite enough. Why don't we pray? Lord, thank you this morning that we can get together as a steeple family. Um, Thank you for those who are coming to visit today. Uh, Lord, as we hear uh, this scripture and as we meditate on it, as we talk about it and discuss it, Lord, just help us to really uh, get an understanding of what you were uh, trying to say here and what you're trying to teach us through this uh, amazing part of the Sermon on the Mount. Lord, thank you for the honour and privilege it is to speak, Lord. I just pray that you help my words to be inspired by you, Lord, that um, your spirit would be in this place, reigning in this place, and touching the hearts of those uh, who are willing to listen. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we can do this right now, Lord, and I pray that this message would bring life to those who hear it. In your name we pray. Amen. So I've written this message many times. I've rewritten it, uh, and it's and it was interesting. I was talking to um, Michaela this morning, and, we'll, and it's not because uh, you know I felt like I had to, but it was because I wanted to, and it's because this message is really speaking to me right now. And I know that at the moment I feel the Lord is doing something in me. I'm being challenged by this part of Scripture because I guess when we look at it, these are Jesus' teachings. This is Him teaching to us how to live. Um, But there are part of this scripture that I've read before and I've just glossed over because I don't feel like it relates to me. Does anyone feel like that in the room? Has anyone felt like that? Yep, you feel like, oh, this doesn't really relate to me. Um, And so what I needed to do was to really try and understand this in my current context um, so I could actually live this out. And that was the challenge that I had with uh, reading this scripture. The key thing towards the end of this passage is seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what you'll read in your traditional translations. In N.T. Wright's translation, he says to make God's kingdom your top priority. And I really love that wording, your top priority, because we all have priorities in life, but when we make something our top priority, it's our focus, right? That's when we get onto Instagram and our feed just shows what our top priorities, right? What we're invested into. Um, and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting when you start to go down this track and you start to look at uh, how am I making God's kingdom my top priority? For me growing up, the lie of the world that I had believed was that my comfort and my material possessions showed how much worth I had. Uh, you know, the conversations I would have with people when I would meet people would be around, so what do you do? Where do you live? How many bedrooms do you have in your house? All of these kind of questions which kind of showcased the worth of who I was. Yet I still read scripture and I got told that I should not store up treasures in treasure, right? It was me something that Jared shares with us next week. But here's the thing, when we start to read the Sermon on the Mount, we're challenged as to what we value. What do we put as our top priority uh, in life? You know, success was determined for me um, by how much more money I could amass, how much I could save for tomorrow, how many zeros were added into my bank account, right? Um, But the thing is, Jesus is challenging us here to really think, how do we make sure that we are looking at what we need for today? Um, But how do we also see that we're part of something much bigger than just us? Um, So the easiest way for me to understand, I guess, this scripture was to start to look at it through a few metaphors. So just give me a few moments because I should have done this before, but uh, you can talk amongst yourselves for a few seconds.
just going to grab something. So this is something that was given uh, before uh, our last trip, our last family trip. And I thought I'd never wear this, but uh, apparently... <laughs> Whoa. Knocking my hat off as well. All right, so apparently I thought I'd never wear this, but I can tell you this came in handy, right? Um, I'm channeling my inner Andy. I feel like this is something that Andy would wear. Um, but I had this thing uh, on me for the whole of Singapore, and I found it so handy because when I was there for a, for a family wedding only recently, uh, with the family, I, could, I can end up on any trip that I went on. So here's me going, okay, I need to strive for God's kingdom. I need to make it my top priority. How do I get to God's kingdom? So what I did was I thought I would take this with me and I'd have a few things that would help me to get on my way to understanding what God's kingdom is. So I'm going to hold this mic and try and open the zip at the same time. Pray for me. <laughs> All right, so... What I found handy on the way to God's kingdom is that I started to look at when in this scripture it starts to talk about other things that are not me, right? So when I, start, when I was reading this scripture, I was looking at it and I was thinking, okay, we're reading here about the birds in the sky. And actually in Luke, if you look at Luke's gospel, um, you'll see that he talks about the ravens. In indigenous culture, the ravens are referred to as wa. Right, so the crows are referred to as wa. And there's a lot that we can learn from these birds in the sky. There's a lot that we can learn from the flowers, right? Now, growing up for me, when I would look at this, I'd go, did Jesus really mean this? Was this just like a, you know, like an analogy or a euphemism for something that we should focus on the birds and the flowers? But it's actually, Jesus actually told us to do this. He said, have a good look at the birds in the sky. Have a look at the flowers. On the weekend, I was at a, um, not on the weekend, this is weekend now, but on Friday, I was at a wedding and, uh, and one of my relatives asked me, oh, your house has got a good garden, hasn't it? And I said, yeah, it does. And he goes, are you spending much time in the garden? And I felt really, felt really seen. I was like, okay, no, I'm not. I'm not really spending a lot of time in the garden. But here's the thing, when I read this scripture, I'm actually being told to look at these things. So I've gone on this journey and I've started to understand that, yes, God has created this. God has created uh, what we can see here, uh, which would call a globe, right? This little globe here. And so I realized, okay, well, God's asked us to look at this. And he said to us, have a good look at the birds in the sky. Have a good look at the lilies in the field. And from here, you can see Creation, or maybe some of us would call it nature. Some of us would call it a garden. We can see all of that as we look outside. I can see what is described here in Genesis in the creation story, right? When I start to read about creation, I can see what is described here in this creation story. But here's the thing. When I start to look at this, uh, I realise I don't really have a great look at what I can see around me. I can only see... Uh, maybe just my little spot here on this, on this place called Australia. So I'm starting to look uh, where, how I exist in, in, in this place and uh, what my uh, part of being part of creation, what does that actually mean? And the interesting thing about this little globe that I found is that it's actually also a stress ball. So when I start to read about 
anxiety and I start to read about do not be anxious for anything as you'd read in, in some of your, maybe your traditional versions if you're looking at, at Matthew 6 right now, I realise my anxiety is because I don't actually fully see how amazing God's creation is, what God has created for us, how much he has created with abundance, right? When we start to look at uh, the Genesis story, we start to look at creation, we see that God has created for us with abundance. He's, he's created enough for us. And that, that's what I really believe this, this scripture within Matthew 6 is trying to tell us, is that God has created for us more than enough, but when I start to look at this with my narrow view, and I also realise I don't really have my glasses on, so it's actually a little bit hard to see. Um, what I end up doing is I end up living for myself. I think that my, my presence here on this planet, on this earth, is more important than anything else. And so I, I have this anxiety for whether I'm good enough, whether I have enough. And what I end up doing is I end up causing my anxiety to do this to creation, to God's creation. I end up causing God's creation to look like this as I decide to think that my worth, my value, what I choose to do here on earth is more important than anything else. I squeeze this stress ball and I end up finding that what I'm doing is not respecting God's creation. So when I start to put my glasses on, I start to see a little bit more clearly. Probably also just smudged my lenses, but anyway. Um, but as I start to see more clearly and I start to look at this globe, I realise this globe is not, is actually not this small, right? I don't actually, I don't need to, to treat it as this thing that I can own or that I can possess or that I can consume, but I can start to look at it with clearer eyes. So even when we read through the scripture in Matthew 6, we're asked to, to do something, we're asked to participate in what God is doing. And what God is asking us to participate is in what Andy was saying before with his message around generosity, is looking for opportunities to seek and show God's abundance on earth and to be generous and to treat this earth as it should be treated. And so I start to look at this and instead what I can see, you'll see up on the screens in just a moment, is this amazing, amazing planet, this amazing earth. And you know, what's amazing about this picture that you can see up here on the screen, oh, by the way, I've got a few of these, so I'll throw some of these out so you guys can uh, have a have bit of an opportunity. There you go. Um, but as you can see on the screens, you can start to see this, this bigger planet of Earth, right? And this picture, or this picture is one of many pictures, but when I was actually talking to, to Jared during the week about this, he was explaining to me as well that when the first time this picture was taken, it was a really good opportunity for us to see what this massive, expansive Earth that we actually live on. And it was a great opportunity for a lot of Christians to also see what God was talking about when he said that he created something that was not just good, but was very good, yeah? When we read Genesis, we are, we are told that what was created was very good. But here's the thing, I still struggle, and this, is, this has been my ongoing struggle as I've prepared for this message, I still struggle to see um, that this earth or this planet uh, is not just something for me just to enjoy for myself, right? Right? Um, 
there, there are many things that we seek on earth or that we want to possess or, or clothes that we want to buy. We want to buy the latest fashion. Um, there's so many things that we want to uh, be able to amass in life that I kind of don't see necessarily how I'm connected to this. So my traditional way of seeing this was, well, that's, that's the earth and that's God's creation, but then there's me. I'm, I'm created in the image of God. That's great. So here's me who's kind of separate to this. But what I realised was the parts of this scripture that I was looking over was that I'm actually part of a community and this community is called the community of creation. So I'm actually part of this. God, when God created the earth, he also created us. You know, when we read in Genesis 2 and we start to look towards verse 7, we see that in this creation narrative that we were created from the earth. Adam comes from Adama. Adam comes from Adama. Genesis 2 reveals that there is this interdependence that we have with creation. We are dependent on creation being whole and in God's um, vision and what he designed for creation in order for us to live. So we have this interdependence between what is around us. And it's not just the, the birds of the sky and the lilies of the field, but it's also us together, church. It's all of us here in this room. We rely on each other. You know, when I was able to share the last time um, here, I, I quoted a, a quote from Auntie Lilla Watson, and it was around our liberation being bound up together. So we need to understand that in order for us to live according to what God's called us to do, which is to put his kingdom first, we can't do this alone. We need to do this together as a community. So what is this text leading us to? I still believe this text is helping us to understand that we worship a God of abundance, a God that is created more than enough. That's why when we pray the Lord's Prayer, which I think is in a couple of weeks, we're going to be sharing on that. But when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we ask for, to, for the Lord to provide us with the bread for today, our daily bread, because the Lord has provided enough. The key to this whole scripture for me is right at the end. When I read it and I go up to verse 33, I start to see that we are called to seek. We're called to strive for. We're called to aim. So how do we do this? This is what I'm hoping to be able to share with you by the end of this message. How do we aim for God's kingdom to be top priority and to reign here on earth? So you see that I've used the metaphor of those little planets that are out there, and that's fine. You can keep them. That's fine. They're out there. Um, and then I, I put my glasses on to be able to see more clearly and see that I'm part of something much bigger than just that little earth that I feel like I can control or I can destroy, right? I have an opportunity to actually look to how I can conserve what God called very good. Now it's time for more action. It's time for action together to actually take stock of where we're at. We're looking after God's creation. So what else do I have in here? I have this little diary. I still feel like I'm calling or channeling my inner Andy. I feel like this is something that you would have, Andy, this little, this little pink diary here. Um, but I've got this little diary, and this diary helps me to focus on today. Focus on what I can do today. But here's the challenge. God has this vision for us and what he wants to see us enjoy, this, this creation that he has created, this community that we are called to be a part of. 
So part of focusing on today is seeing God's tomorrow come into today. So how do I do that? I start to look at what has been done before. What are the little things that I can do to see God's vision for this earth that we live in, the community of creation, to be whole and to be as he wanted it to be. A way for me to understand my relationship with creation was through a book called the uh, was a book called Shalom and the Community of Creation by Professor Randy Woodley, and in there uh, he talks about Matthew six twenty four. Concerning wealth and material gain, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Native Americans would tend to agree with Jesus on this matter. Historically, the attitude can be demonstrated. The following quotes demonstrate how one tribe, the Cherokee, understood wealth. The problems were those which arise wherever a stable collective system and one based on expansion and individual profits collide. It was, for instance, impossible to run a store or plantation profitably without violating the way of reciprocity. 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 Fundamental to most merry Indian societies. To obtain respect in the native world, people had to redistribute wealth. For esteem in the white world, they had to hoard it. So to a Cherokee, sufficient was enough but to the rest of the world, more was everything. So when we open this diary, our challenge is to see how we can get creative. So I loved, Andy, what you shared before um, in the generosity um, uh, part of the service, was that we can get creative about the resource we have and how we can redistribute that resource to benefit our community around us. How can we advocate for God's creation, to see God's creation be restored and hold and redeemed as God has called us to be? We have a responsibility towards, towards what God's created and what He's given us. I spent some time this week purposely following what Jesus called us to do. And uh, I, nearly, I felt like I was 60, taking out a book, starting to, um, to focus on the birds. I didn't think I'd be bird watching this early, but Jesus called us to focus and, and, and look at the birds. And, you know, for me, it was amazing to see these birds fly around without a worry. It just didn't seem like there was any worry. They, they believed in the provider and how much I learnt and just focused on God's creation was an amazing opportunity to stop and to actually not think about those things around me that are around, oh, well, have I got the latest T-shirt? Have I got the latest jacket? You know, as it says in this scripture. Um, but it actually allowed for me to focus on the birds and focus on how amazing God is, how he's created all these things around us. Obviously, he's created trees, right? But these trees, some of these trees, they produce fruit. But some of these trees are just beautiful. They're just beautiful to look at. And that's God's creation, right? Um, I can see a few people nodding who obviously spend a lot of time in creation, and that's good. And, and here is the thing. This is what we are called to do, is to focus on what God's called us to focus on. And this, this is what I really believe this scripture is trying to, trying to tell us. So with this diary, we're called to seek God's future into today, God's healing justice into today, to seek right relationship between all things. 
So how do we know that we're seeking God's kingdom first? Well, in this book called Living the Sermon on the Mount, which is where we're getting a lot of our um, great resource to be able to to share this sermon series, uh, there are seven characteristics that you can find kind of all through Isaiah, which help us to understand God's kingdom. So wherever you see redemption, wherever you see justice, wherever you see peace, God's presence, joy over participation in what God is doing, healing, repentance, and returning to God. This is where God's kingdom is present. This is what we are called to seek. So church today, the call to action for all of us is to get active in this community that we are part of. We are part of the community of creation. I uh, get us ready to come to the table and I'll start to to, um, finish off uh, this message. And the idea um, for us is to help us to understand that the Lord's Prayer brings us to understanding that we are called to seek the bread for today. We're called to get active in helping conservation to replace consumption. This is not an easy message. This is, not an easy, this is something that's still stirring within me because we're here to show respect for the community that we're part of and part of that is looking at how do we ensure that we have protected this earth for the next generation. How do we ensure that there is an opportunity for the generations to come to still stop and see the birds and see the lilies of the field because we have done the right thing to actually look after um, God's creation. So Lord, I ask, us, I ask you to help us, to have mercy on us. May we be in anticipation of the age to come. May we embody the reign of Christ here and now. Help us to see this abundance that you provided for us, that we can receive enough, sufficient for our daily bread. You know, as we start to come to the table, we can see how we rely on God's creation. We take the wheat, we take the grapes, we add our creativity to these things in order to be able to take communion, which is the reminder of our forgiveness. The forgiveness that we seek for not just striving um, to see ourselves whole, but to see the community whole, to seek God's kingdom first, for hoarding and, and not for hoarding, but for putting our treasures in God's kingdom. I ask that we leave this place with renewed hearts, And we're inspired to live as people of shared abundance in a world that often lives in a fear of scarcity. Let us be able to share this liberating message of God's lavish provision, His unwavering love and the purposeful life that He invites us into. May our lives be a testament to the richness of God's grace and may we be a beacon of light in a world that longs for true abundance that only Christ can provide.